Welcome to Healing with Purpose podcast, a place where we discuss how healing ourselves helps us find our purpose. I'm your host, Kenya Marie. Let's get into it. What is up? Welcome back to another episode. Today, we are talking about mastering our mind. Now, before I get into it, I want you to know that we are going to be talking about the mind and the brain a lot here. And the most important thing to understand is that the mind and the brain are not the same thing. There are two different parts of what's going on up here. So um, keep that in mind as we go throughout this. But in this episode, we're going to be talking about the two most important parts of our mind, which consists of being in a beautiful state or being in what I like to refer to as a state of suffering or a disempowering state, whichever feels most resonant with you. But there's really only those two states. And when you understand that, it's such a beautiful thing because you're able to understand how you can more quickly transition out from being in that disempowering state of mind, which inevitably we will be in at times just because we're human. How can we make that transition from that disempowered state into our more empowered state, our beautiful state, much more quickly and much more frequently? So today I'll be teaching you how you can master your mind by understanding that there are two states of being. Now, there was this book that I read. It is called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. If you have not read that book, I definitely pick it up. If you haven't picked up already, I will be referencing books a lot in this podcast because I am a little bit of a, a book nerd, but there, there's just so much amazing information. One of the best things about books is that you are able to acquire knowledge from someone else who spent, for mo- most people, decades learning, understanding, mastering, deciphering, and then interpreting it to be able to explain it to the world. Like what a beautiful thing authors do. And we have the luxury living in the 21st century to have full access to that. So just keep that in mind. If you're like, oh, I don't like to read. I'm not a reader. Like there are so many alternatives to consuming knowledge now outside of like going to a bookstore. Although I do love reading a physical book, but nonetheless, In the book, Napoleon Hill writes, um, patience, persistence, and perspiration make an unbeatable combination for success. And that quote really stood out to me. I'll, I'll say it again. Patience, persistence, and perspiration make an unbeatable combination for success. Meaning, if we want to have a successful anything, think about anything, success in our fitness journey, success in at, at our workplace, success in our relationship, success in our own healing, we need to be patient. We need to be persistent. We need to keep going. We need to keep trying, keep working. And perspiration, we, sometimes it might be some, some sweat and some tears. It's going to require hard work. That's what, how I interpret this quote. If we want success in our life and define success whichever way feels best to you. But if we want success in our life, we need to know that oftentimes it's going to take time. Also, knowing that it's going to take time makes it that much more important to understand that we cannot give up. We need to be persistent. You need to keep going. And it's not always going to be a walk in the park. 
perspiration. It's going to take some sweat, some effort, some hard work. And when those three combine, patience, persistence, perspiration, it does make for an unbeatable combination for success. So understanding that, let's get into it. Now, there are only really two states of being. And when I first learned this, I, I actually um, had heard a lot about states of being, but I had one mentor, his name is um, Rob Dial, and he, he mentioned the way that he broke this down really helped me make the most sense out of it. And he was talking about these states as being, I think the words he used was a beautiful state and a state of suffering. And the way that you know what state you're in is, you know, a beautiful state is when you're kind of feeling like heaven on earth a little bit, um, right? You're, you're happy, you're pretty joyous most of the time. You're, most importantly, being in a beautiful state means being awake. You're, you're aware, your level of awareness is, is there and you understand what's happening um, from a, a real macro level, right? Um, so things on the news, if, you, if for those of you that, um, that are like, oh, I wonder what state I'm, I'm most consciously in um, or unconsciously in rather, think of it like this, like are you aware of the bigger picture of things? When someone says something to you, do you occupy the awareness to know that anything and everything they are saying most times is truly a projection of their own lens, right? Do you have that level of awareness or are you someone who hears something, maybe your friend makes a comment to you and it like beats you down. It beats you down. You believe the comment that was made to you. Maybe this is your partner. Maybe this is your partner in life. And if this is the case, and I really want you to listen because this is not great. This is not great, not necess necessarily on their part or, or your part, but this is not a great, a great thing to be consuming, which is someone says something negative to you, maybe it is your partner, and you believe every single word. Now, if your partner is saying things to you that are low vibrational, that make you feel small, that make you feel, feel alone, and you are living in a disempowering state, you're likely to believe those thoughts. You're likely to, to adopt them as if they are who you are and what you think about yourself to a point where perhaps you do start to believe these things about yourself, right? So when you're living in a, a suffering state, you're like addicted to stress. And I, I've been there, baby, so I am no bigger than you. <laughs> I have spent many years, 15 years exactly, living in a very, very constant level of worrying and being addicted to stress. This is the everything's happening to me, right? Those are the difference between those two states. A beautiful state, when you're awake, you're feeling empowered. You're feeling present in what you're doing right? Most of the things that in which you do have intention behind it. And when you're living in a suffering state, you're more asleep. This is, it's this empowering feeling. You're, you're living on autopilot when you are living in a suffering state, right? So, so meaning a lot of what you do isn't intentional. You do the same thing every single day. You wake up on the same side of the bed, grab your phone, open the same app, scroll through the different apps, respond to all your messages, get up, kind of take your time before you know it. You're rushing to work. You have to quickly get coffee and then you have a quick bite if, or you skip breakfast entirely and then you rush off to work, right? This is when you're just kind of living on autopilot. There's nothing really intentional about what you are doing, right? Now, the, the truth is, you might be thinking, okay, well, I'm a little bit of both. And that's probably right. Most people are living on a varying degree of constant suffering. And how Rob described this was what helped me make sense of this, 
this two states of being thing that I've heard before. Um, it's not necessarily a one or the other. It's that most people are living on some degree of suffering. Think about it. Think about it this way. What is wrong with, so think about like a struggle that you might be having right now in your life. Think about a struggle that you might be having in your life. Like truly sit and think about it. What is going on? Maybe it's an issue you're having at work. Maybe you and your partner keep getting into it. Maybe you're struggling with finding a partner. Maybe you're in a relationship, but you don't want a partner. Maybe you're struggling in your weight loss journey. Maybe you feel like you've tried absolutely everything. Like, what is not working on right now? Doesn't really feel good to think about these things, does it? When I did this little practice, I thought, oh my gosh, I like kind of feel crappy about myself now. Like, that was not fun. But that's what's happening, right? We're like, ugh, like, damn, so much is going on right now. Now, imagine if this is the way that you're thinking, or, or maybe for, for a lot of you, it's not imagining. Maybe this is your reality, that most of the thoughts that you're having are like this, like, ugh, I have a problem here. I'm not making enough money. I am not getting my needs met in my relationship. I'm not happy at my work, right? I'm not happy in my health journey. I need to lose weight. And you're just constantly thinking about all the things that are going wrong. When we're doing this, we are inevitably not feeling good. These are low vibrational thoughts that we are having causing us to feel low vibrational. Now let's flip it up a little bit. Let's switch it up a little bit. Let's, let's think about the things that you are just so grateful for. What are the things in your life right now that you're like, mm, yes, things are great. What is it? What, are, what is it that's going on in your life? Maybe you and your partner are in like a really amazing, awesome place in your relationship. It's like you're back to like the newlywed phase or that first year phase for those of us that have been together and for you know five plus years. My husband and I have been together at this point eight years and you know it's definitely a difference as the years pass, right? But think about it. Maybe you and your partner are back in that stage or you, you're in that phase. Maybe you're like absolutely crushing it at work. Maybe you're just like crushing at work, your, your superiors are noticing you, your coworkers respect you. Maybe you are single and living your best life. Maybe you are just living your best life. You are traveling, you are living in different cities. You're just doing the damn thing. Maybe you have enough money in your bank account to invest in something that you've been wanting to invest in. Maybe it's a, a car. Maybe it's a course. Maybe it's your education. Maybe it's a whole new wardrobe. Like, what is going on in your life that you're like, mm, yeah, life is good? Maybe it's the fact that you have just been getting through another day. Maybe you've been struggling with anxiety for 15 years. And one day you wake up and you're like, wow, I'm in such a further place today than I was three years ago. I'm not where I want to be, but damn, am I not in the same place that I used to be. And I am thankful for that, right? Maybe that's what you're grateful for. That feels good, right? When we start thinking about the things that are going well in our life, our friends, our family, the fact that you have a roof over your head. If you have access to this video, then you are so blessed. You are so blessed despite your circumstances. We are so blessed to be in the situation that we're in. And when we think about these things more frequently, we feel good, right? So just like sitting and thinking about all of our problems and all of our struggles is going to make us feel low vibrational, the opposite is true when we are thinking about the things that we are grateful for, the things that we are blessed for, the things that are going well in our life. When we're thinking about those things more often than not, inevitably we're going to feel good. We're having high vibrational thoughts, so we're going to have high vibrational feelings. 
if you're listening to this, give me a silent head nod. If you're watching me, give me a head nod. Right? Does this make sense? We want to be living in a more beautiful state as often as we possibly can. Now, some of you might be thinking, if you're anything like me, who's like, all right, let me get to the freaking nitty gritty of this because I want to understand why my brain keeps wanting to go to these negative thoughts. Because at the end of the day, a lot of our thoughts that we have are out of our control. And a lot of us probably can attest to this where we have this thought that comes through and we're like afterwards, where the heck and how did that thought come in? Like, uh, um, I do not want that thought. I mean, I'll be honest, I've definitely had thoughts before where they're just like really gross or gruesome thoughts. And I'm just like, where the heck, that was like, does not sound like me, right? And you're just like, kind of like, where did, where did that come from? Or, and maybe you have thoughts like, I'm never going to make enough money. I'm always going to be struggling for money. I'm never going to find the right partner. I'll never be doing exactly what I love every single day. Maybe those are the thoughts that consume your mind. And if they are, then, then this is for you. I want you to understand that our brain is such a beautiful electric facil facility, I like to call it. It's so beautiful. It's constantly firing and wiring and, and deciphering and changing and growing. And it's running all kinds of different circuits. And its only job is to solve the problems that we have. It's its only job. So it's going to search for problems so that it can solve them. You must understand, all your brain cares about is your survival. It's what's been with us the longest. Since humans became humans, we've had this brain. It can either save you or it can torture you. But its job is to solve our problems. So how do we get through solving our problems? And how do I make sure that the problems that I have aren't consuming me and keeping me in this disempowering state? Well, what I like to think is that we're able to change those thoughts. I like to think that we are able to change the thought of this is happening to me to this is happening for me. Because at the end of the day, everything actually is happening for you. Every single thing. You're just too stubborn to see that maybe. But every single challenge, struggle, frustration that we endure is meant for us. We're supposed to be learning those things. We're going to talk about that so much in this, in this podcast, but let's break it down. How can we take a disempowering thought and turn it into a more empowering thought? Let's do this. This is an example that I like to use with um, some of my clients. Um, one of their most common fears, I, uh, for those of you that don't know, I, I run a coaching program, um, several different coaching programs, one of which is mentoring um, newer online fitness coaches. Now, this isn't a big old thing I do. I, I just 
quite literally take on, you know, six to 10 women at a time and just help them start their online fitness business. Um, but with using an incredibly um, more holistic, natural, soul-led approach, opposed to some of these like, rah, rah, follow this script and do this thing, uh, coaching programs out there, which do work. I'm not, I'm not you know, shitting on them. Um, but I personally like to run my business by being soul led and doing things that make me feel good. And I have found that that's what actually gets me the most success financially, um, but also internally. And so um, through the way that I want to feel. And so um, that's the purpose of my coaching program. But nonetheless, one of the biggest fears that a lot of these um, coaches have is I'm not worthy of success. And of course, it doesn't come out that way, right? It's not like uh, I'm not worthy of success. Of course, you don't consciously think that way. Instead, you might be thinking like, uh, I'm not qualified to be a coach. There's no way I can coach other people. Like I just started my own fitness journey um, or I've never been a coach before or I've only done in-person training before. Like I have no idea how to convert my business and be online, right? So it comes out down to the absolute um, you know, this lie of I'm not worthy of success. So that's why I'm not doing all of the things that could make me a successful online coach, right? So, so use this example with anything, but this is the example I use with my, my coaches. Um, now, when you have that thought of like, okay, I can never get this done. I'm never going to be successful in this space. What I want you to do is I want you to think of the complete opposite. I have been doing this practice for about four years now. And the first couple years, I was a little bit more inconsistent. The last two years, I've been incredibly consistent with having this type of thought process. And I promise you, I would not be telling you this if it did not work for me or the women and rather the women that I work with every single day if it were not true. So, so take this. Uh, if you notice that you are living in a disempowering state, okay? You have a disempowering thought. I'm not worthy of success. What do you do next? You think of the exact opposite. So the exact opposite of I'm not worthy of success is actually I deserve to be successful. I, I am more than worthy of being successful. Then what I want you to do is I, start, I want you to start asking yourself questions that help validate and answer that question in your mind of being worthy of success, right? So you might think of questions like, well, why do I deserve to be successful? And maybe some of the things you come up with, well, you know, I went through the process myself. Let's just stick with the online coaching example. I went through the process myself and I was able to make such an amazing transformation in my life, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, that I believe that other people are, are, are deserving of this information. And the people that I've worked with so far, whether it just be friends or family or coworkers that have taken on this approach also have had these amazing beneficial results. So I actually do deserve to be successful by teaching something that is so powerful and profound. So maybe that's like a, a question, right? And whatever, your answers could be absolutely anything. These are literally just spit firing off my head. Now, another question, empowering question. Why do I deserve? So a lot of times what we do is make like, um, uh, monthly income goals. So say my online coach has a, a monthly income goal of making um, you know, $10,000 that month from online fitness coaching. Um, a question they could ask themselves is, you know, why do I deserve to make $10,000 this month? Why do I deserve it? And say, you know, obviously at this point you have, a, you have clients that are, you know, that you're working for and that are working with you. And so you could say, you know, well, I deserve to be making $10,000 a month because I show up for my clients. I get them results. I am, you know, I am fulfilling the need of, you know, whatever it is that they need. I show up for them. I, you know, whatever. Maybe a question that you ask is, you know, what would working, this is the question I love to ask my, my coaches is, what would working on, 
completely online, like how could that change my life? How would working completely online like change my life? This is a question that I asked myself and I look back in my journal and when I was starting out as an online, because I started out as an online fitness coach and this was a question I frequently asked myself, like how would working online completely change my life? How would leaving um, social services change my life? And I would just, oh, wow, you know, I'd have a lot more freedom. Um, I could, I, I'll be able to talk about things I want to talk about more. Um, I'll have more time. I'll have more time to go to the gym or travel or, or do whatever. I could work from anywhere. I can move. I've always been wanting to live in Chicago or, I don't know, Seattle or something. And now I can do that because I'm working online so I can go anywhere. Right? So you start to ask yourself these empowering questions. If this is making sense, I want you to give me a silent head nod. If this is not making sense, I'm gonna give you one more example. Here's another example that a lot of people have. Um, a lot of, st a struggle rather. Here is an example that a lot of people struggle with. And that comes down to love. Like, I will never find the right partner. Maybe this is this a fear that you have. This reoccurring mantra in your mind of, I'm not worthy of love. I will never find a partner. Of course, maybe you're not consciously thinking I'm not worthy of love, but what you are doing that's reiterating that idea is saying I'll never find a partner. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. There are other women out there that easily get men or find a partner, right? Or I've, you know, I, I'm too old to find someone or it's too late for me, right? You say, say these things, just reiterating this idea, this lie that you are not worthy of love. If that is something that is a reoccurring in your mind, what is the opposite? What is the opposite truth? I am not worthy of love. You know what? I am worthy and deserving of good, amazing, passionate love. I am deserving to have a partner in my life who treats me well, who I treat well, who loves me, who does life with me, who adventures with me. I am deserving to experience that. How does that feel? Some of you might be thinking, well, it feels weird. And if it feels weird, it's likely because you're not believing it to be true. So let's ask ourselves some questions. Let's ask ourselves some questions to make that feeling feel more true. Well, why do I deserve love? I deserve love because I'm a human freaking being and we all deserve love. Maybe the question you wanna ask is, well, how can I find love? Well, I can find love by doing more of the things that I love to do. The more you do things that you love to do, the more likely you are to meet people who also love to do those same things. We're gonna talk a lot about love, uh, abundance of love, uh, attracting love. We're gonna talk a lot about that um, here, but you know, where can I find someone that is interesting to me? Maybe you are someone that's like, Hinge isn't working, Tinder's not working. Um, I don't know the other ones, because <laughs> when I was single, like none of these apps existed, but those are the only two I know of. So maybe these apps aren't working for you. Ask yourself, where could I find someone in person, right? Maybe a question you ask yourself to, to empower that belief that you are deserving of love and that you will find your true love and you know it, it, it's going to happen for you. Maybe you say, like, what could I be doing more of to attract the love that I want? So you start asking your questions. 
Why do you think we keep asking questions? Why do you think this is so powerful? Remember what we talked about at the beginning? Your subconscious mind will continue to find the answer. Your subconscious mind makes up 95% of your brain. And it's your brain's job to do what? To solve problems. It's your brain's job to solve problems. And if 95% of your brain is composed of your subconscious or unconscious mind, allow it the space to figure out the answers. But the only way this works in your favor, the only way this works in your favor is to ask better questions. Stop asking yourself unconsciously or subconsciously or consciously. Stop asking yourself oh, or telling yourself, I'm never going to make money. I'm never, ever, ever going to pay off my credit card. I'll never find love. This isn't for me. Why is life so hard to me? Why do these things keep happening to me? And instead, think about the life that you do want and ask questions that are going to help fulfill that. If you want a new job, how can I get a new job? You want a raise? What can I ask my boss for the raise? You want to find love? Where can I go to meet more people just like me? Ask better questions because your brain will not stop searching for the answer. An unanswered question in the brain is a threat to the brain. It doesn't allow a question to go unanswered. When questions are unanswered, you know what's happening? Anxiety. Anxiety. Your brain is scattered like no one's business because it's searching for an answer. And so when we're asking ourselves these questions that our body, our mind, our brain doesn't even want to know the answer to, like how, you know, why am I so unlovable, right? Your brain does, and so you're going to start to, it's going to scatter your, your mind and it's going to have all these con conflictions happening because your heart's like, no, I know we are deserving of, of love, right? And, but your, your brain, your mind is starting to search for answers why you're not and it, and it causes disruption in our bodies. So the, the takeaway here is that there are two states of being. There's a beautiful, joyous, awakened, enlightened state, and there is a disempowering, stressful state of suffering. Your brain is naturally going to search for problems because it wants to solve the problem. So make sure that we give it questions opposed to problems. Let's give it good questions to answer. So the next time that you want to change a thought from a disempowering thought to an empowering thought, I want you to change your focus and ask better questions. Give your brain a problem or a question that it actually wants to solve, that you actually want to solve, okay? This is gonna help figure you out. And if you find yourself in a disempowering state, just know that what you want to do is find that fear. What is that underlying fear? Is it a fear of unworthiness? Is it a fear of being alone? Is it a fear of running out of money? Is it a fear of dying? Is it a fear of running, getting sick, right? Find the fear. Find that fear or whatever it is that you're just focusing on. It's keeping you in a disempowering state. And then say and believe the opposite. First step is saying it. Okay, hold on. Let me catch myself. Let me say the opposite. I'm always going to be broke. Let me say the opposite. Because if you keep saying that, then 100% you're going to always be broke. So what's the opposite? Actually, I am going to be rich. I am rich. I am wealthy in, in, in money and in love and happiness. I'm actually not broke at all, right? 
find the opposite and then start asking yourself questions that help validate that opposite. And if you can't think of something right away, that's okay. Your brain is going to continue to search for the answers. So I hope this was helpful. I hope you understand that it's okay to have these disempowering thoughts every once in a while, but we don't want to sit in that place for too long. Remember in the beginning, it's not fun. Our body doesn't like it. We don't want to sit in this disempowering state, feeling and believing like the world is against us. We don't want that. We feel so much better when we think about the things that are going well in our life, the things that we are grateful for. So let's make a point to do that more. Take care, and I will see you next time. For special updates and announcements, make sure to give me a follow on my Instagram. I am Kenya Marie underscore. We have a really amazing course coming up in October called Healing with Purpose. You won't want to miss it.